Well, today I want to talk to you about devils. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 talks about a guy who had a legion of devils, 6,000, according to the Roman scripture. A legion, and the Roman count was 6,000 demons. Could you imagine 6,000 demons living in your body? That just doesn't seem possible. It just, I, I, I tried to, I've read this scripture, I've read this, I've shared with this a lot of times, but you know, but you know what? When I was reading it yesterday, well, actually how this actually came up was I was doing pre-inventory yesterday and, and um, a guy asked me, he said, do you really think there are demons? And I said, yeah. He said, but, but do you really think they could live in people? I said, oh, yeah. I said, we have people that come to church, and I think there are demons living in them. He said, that can't be possible. I said, oh, yes, it can. I said, you see, the enemy comes to kill, rob, and destroy. I said, what better place for him to go and to try to kill, rob, and destroy but in the house of God? To cause havoc and destruction and confusion. One of, our, one of our guys shared with me this morning, we need to um, talk to the church about our church finances this morning. And I figured this might be a good opportune time. I know nobody likes to talk about finances, and it's a rough subject. But, uh, but I, do, there, I do believe there are times we need to talk about it. And this, today would be the perfect day. You see, we found out this morning that the lotto is over a billion dollars. So I'm thinking if we take a portion of the offering and buy a bunch of lotto tickets, we might come out ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be poor stewardship of your money. Do you know how to, you know how to get richer? Don't buy a lottery ticket. Now I'm going to get feedback from the lotto department. They're going to email me. You watch. I guarantee you somebody's going to email me. Some Christian somewhere in the world who's watching this this morning is going to email me and say, well, if I win, I'm not giving your church any money. Well, God doesn't need your lotto money. He, my father's got a cattle on a thousand hills. He's richer than any lotto ticket you could purchase. So if you feel compelled to want to do something like that, just take that extra dollar that you feel like you need to spend on lot, just put it in an offering. God will turn it into far greater than what you could ever think that lotto ticket could do. And you hear me? I'm telling you, it's truth. That's truth. So anyway, we were having this discussion. And I told him, I said, you know, the scripture tells us about a guy. In the Bible, he had a legion of demons in him. He said, what is that, like one strong demon? I said, no. He had 6,000 demons in him. He said, that's not possible. I said, you calling God a liar? Well, no, I would never do that. I said, well, then it's true. 
in verse 5, Mark verse chapter 5 and verse 1, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into a country of the Gardeans. And when they had come out of the ship, immediately they were met him out of the tombs, a man with unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken into pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stone. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said unto him, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out, thou man of unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered to him, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send him away out of the country. Now there was in nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and they ran violently down the steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000. And they were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told, this, told it in the city and the country. And they went out to see this which was done. And they came unto Jesus and seen him they, with the possessed with the devil and had legion, sitting clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they saw it and they told them how he befelt to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they being to begin to pray him to depart for the coast. And when they saw him coming to the ship, he had, he had been possessed with the devil. He prayed with him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home, thy friend, and tell how great things that the Lord has done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in disciples how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you will help us this morning, Father, to know how to grow in relationship with you, how to stand firmly upon your word, and Father, how to cast out those things that are unclean in our own lives. In Jesus' name. So we see here that they're crossing the Sea of Galilee in a ship 
If you back up to verses, chapter 4 and verse 35, and on the same day, even when was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. When the multitude were sent away, he took and he got in the ship, and of course then they went to the other side. And as they're going to the other side, what happens? Nothing uncommon. Nothing uncommon. But a big storm arose. This is not uncommon for fishermen. They've been in storms before. But this was a violent storm. The waves were so high that they were crashing over the ship. And Jesus, as we know, was down in the bow of the ship, had his head resting on a pillow, taking a snack nap. You know, just getting a quick shut eye. And in the midst of this storm, they become they, they begin to come fearful because they know how violent this storm is and they know that the ship could break apart and they could all die at one time and never be found. So what do they do? They go down and they wake up Jesus and they say, do you not care that we're fixing to perish? And Jesus is probably like, what's wrong with these people? These are my disciples. They've seen the many miracles that have been performed. What are they worried about? So Jesus gets up. He appeases them, so to speak. And he goes out and he says, peace be still. I don't believe that Jesus got on the bow of that boat and had to yell at the wind and the waves. I don't believe he had to say, peace be still. I don't think he had to do that. I think he just simply said in his modern voice, Peace be still. And instantly, the wind and the waves desist. The water was nice and calm and flat, like all divers like it. No rocking of the boat, no getting seasick. Nice, calm, flat, right, Lynn? They love that kind of water. And so, they're marveled. What kind of man is this that the winds and the waves, they would, they would obey him. They would listen to him. I'm thinking to myself as I was reading that, and I'm like, I don't get it. He's healed the lame. The blind could see. The deaf could hear. He was performing miracles after miracles. The lepers had been healed. Why couldn't he speak to the wind and the waves? And why were they surprised that they would listen to him? He reminded them. He had reminded them early on that the Father had sent him. He was the Son of God. They knew that from birth. I don't understand why they were so marveled at what he could do. You see, sometimes it's the miracles that we don't expect, when they happen, we're surprised. We're like, wow. Even though we shouldn't be surprised, we still say, wow. That was awesome. But they meet this demon-possessed man in the garden. In, in Gardine, I'm sorry. And we see here that things begin to happen. You see, we're not far from peace to problems. 
We can have peace one minute and have problems the next. You could be driving to work in the happiest mood, da 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 da, driving down the road. I'm so happy. I'm going to work. I'm going to the doctor. Just, just, just as happy as you can be, and just as calm as you can be. And then all of a sudden, you see, woo, 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 you know, blue lights in the window. Instantly, your heart drops. You begin to say, "What did I do? Oh, I can't afford a ticket." Now I'm not, I'm not going to be able to pay my auto insurance because it's going to go up. All these things begin to cause stress in our life, problems. But the unique thing about this story, you see, is the storm should have prepared these disciples for the greater things they were going to see. If this guy could get out, Jesus himself could get out on the bow of that boat and say, peace, be still, and the waves are gone, the wind is gone, the water's flat. They should have been prepared for the encounter to come next. You see, church, we have storms in our lives. I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't have storms in your life. Maybe you've never been through a, a rough encounter. Maybe you've not had any physical problems. Maybe you've not had financial pressure. Maybe you've not had marital issues. Maybe you've not had any of that stuff. Your life has been hunky-dory. As Forrest Gump would say, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Life is like a box of chocolates. The worst thing in that box of chocolate is the coconut. I bite into the chocolate that has coconut in it. It's like, it's like biting into a box of worms. But listen, you see, the storms in our life prepare us for greater things to come. I believe that we go through storms preparing us for bigger things. Well, I believe God is testing our faith, showing us how faithful he truly is when we go through those storms. And these disciples had just gone through a major storm where Jesus himself took care of the way. And, oh, let's not forget what he said to them. What did he say to them? Oh, ye of little faith. The little reprimand in there. Sometimes Jesus has to reprimand us a little bit. And it's an ouch moment. We don't like it, but it happens. But I want to I look at three different angles of this guy. I want to look at this man who made his home in the cemetery. Not just any cemetery, but a, cem- a cemetery by the sea. A, a burial of tranquility. Now, I don't know about you, but I like sometimes when I can go to the ocean in the morning and there's this soft, gentle breeze blowing. The waves aren't crashing up on the shore, but it's a soft, gentle breeze and that fresh ocean air it kind of just relaxes you, doesn't it? It gets you to a place of tranquility, a peaceful state of mind. I like that. 
I don't mind even going out on a boat and, and where, where the water is smooth and just smell that salt air and just have that peaceful tranquility type of, of atmosphere around you. And, and you just kind of forget about all those things that are on shore. The mailbox that's full of bills. The car that's half broke down. The family that's waiting for you to get home so they can ask you 500 questions about what we're going to do about this, that, and the other thing. Just a calm, peaceful place. But the demon-possessed man lived there. And so when they pull up, here comes this wild man running at them. I don't know what you would think, but I think those disciples probably got a little scared, thinking, oops, we landed in the wrong place. You see, that's how we work as Christians. When, when trouble comes our way, we think, oh, we parked our car in the wrong place. I walked into the wrong store. I went to the wrong job. I wasn't listening to God. So, so we, we begin to analyze all the things that we've done wrong, not thinking that, wait a minute, Am I righteous? Oh, oh, pastor, what are you saying? Are you right? You see, the steps of the righteous are ordered of who? God. So if you're there for that reason, God has something prepared for you to handle. These disciples, Jesus was showing them how to handle situations. Not just any situation, but this particular person was a man of an unclean spirit, unclean in his thoughts, his words, and his deeds. Certainly not a nice person to be around. And I know people in churches that aren't nice to be around. Pastor, how could you say that? Because you know it's true. He was an outcast. He was a violent man. Don't kid yourself to think that there are unclean spirits waiting for you. Because they're there. They're just waiting for the opportunity for you to invite them in. They're waiting for you to open the door. Whether it be through your television, your computer, the books that you read, the newspapers that you read. You see, there are many ways that unclean spirits can move into your realm and into your being. We just invite them in through different ways. This is, church, is why we must guard our hearts. We must guard our minds. We must guard our thoughts. Everything that we do, you know, the greatest book I have in my house is my Bible. So if I feel like I've got something I need to read, I just pick up the Bible and read that because I ain't got to worry. I'm not have to worry about unclean things coming from it. It's going to be clean. I don't want to have to read books about this person or that person's life or, or what happened over here with this person or what happened. Over Jesus is all I need to know about. That's the book we need to have in our home. 
That's the book that needs to be prevalent. That's the book we need to be studying. That's the book we need to be reading. Those are the thoughts we need to be putting into our mind. Those are the thoughts we need to be putting into our hearts. Those are the deeds that we need to be carrying when we go out into the world and into the places that we go. Everything about the Christian life should be about who? Jesus. So your life is a representation of Jesus. Why is that? Because he lives in you. And if he's not represented in you, I can tell you who is and it ain't nice. See, people don't like to hear this kind of talk. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of feedback this week. But church, you can't get more plain than this. When I shared with the individual about what I was going to be speaking about this week, he goes, oh, you're doing it because it's Halloween. I said, you know, it never crossed my mind that it was Halloween. It crossed my mind because of our conversation that we were having. You see, the demons made their home in the man. They didn't make their home in the cemetery. They didn't make their home in the dead that were buried there. They didn't make their home in the rocks. They made their home in the man. And how the man reacted when he saw Jesus, he ran down and he began to worship him. The unclean man came to Jesus for what purpose? To be made clean. We came to Jesus for what purpose? To be made clean. So that we could be clean disciples. The demons recognized Jesus automatically. I mean, instantly they knew who he was. Because it says, and they cried with a loud voice. They weren't quiet. Their their voices were like screeching. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard weird screeching voices. But this was a weird, screeching, demonic voice coming out of this guy and yelling at him, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? In other words, listen, I'm not bothering you. Don't bother me. Get away. Go somewhere else. Go park the ship on the other side of the island. I don't know. Just get away from me. You see, they knew why Jesus was there. It was not just because Jesus parked the boat in the wrong place. It's not because the storm had blown them off course and when the waters got calm and everything was nice, they just happened to park their boat right there. It was all ordered of God. And when they got there, this man who had been demon-possessed, who had been cutting himself with rocks, who had been breaking chains and feathers, you know, just cutting himself up. But how do they recognize that this is Jesus? When they say, what have thou to do with thee, Jesus? The son of the most high God. There's the recognition. There's the authority. They know his authority. Demons know Jesus' authority. And when you tell the demon... Hence, get forth behind me or get under my feet. They have no, no recourse. 
They have to do what you say because you have the authority of Jesus Christ living in you. And so therefore you can tell them what they must do because that's the power that the Holy Spirit gave you. The problem with the church is we're not standing on the authority of Jesus Christ. We're not standing wholly on the word of God. We just we come off timid. You cannot come off timid. You must tell the demons where they must go. And you know what? When you just kind of play patty cakes with them, they'll play patty cakes with you. They just love to entertain. But I'm telling you with Jesus Christ's authority, you can tell the demons where to go and they must go. Satan, get under my feet. If it feels warm under your feet, you know he's right where he's supposed to be. If your feet are cold, you better check your waist pocket. He's moving up. Keep him under your feet, church. Keep him where he needs to be. They didn't want to be tormented. They thought Jesus was going to torment them. Jesus wasn't there to torment anyone. Jesus was there to set the captive free. When Jesus found you, he was coming to you to set you free. He wasn't there to torment you. He wasn't there to remind you of your sinful nasty past he was there to set you free he knew about your sinful nasty past he he, didn't bother him he wanted you to become a child of the living God and he didn't say well listen can you go back there and clean up that nastiness and then come back to me and I'll I'll move you forward Robert you just but you got to get rid of all this nastiness back here first he never said that to any of us When we confessed with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, he came into our life. Light and dark don't mix. Light and dark don't mix. Oil and water don't mix. So therefore, light and dark don't mix. So therefore, where Jesus is, Satan cannot. The demons cannot. I just love how he had authority over them. He says, come out of the man. I'm sure they were shivering then. Then he says, what is thy name? They have to answer. See, they can't just say, I'm not going to tell you, Jesus. I'm not going to tell Jesus who I am. They had to obey the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had to be answered. They had to address. And they said, our our name is Legion, for we are many. And as I said, in the Roman Legion, that's like 6,000. So the demons, what do they want? They're like, well, don't cast us out of the country. Oh, Oh, look, there's some pigs up there. Let's go get into pigs. And then when people eat the pigs... We'll get into people. I think that was their thinking. Do the math. 6,000 demons, 2,000 pigs. That's three demons per pig. They got to share. Uh-huh. Yep. 
So Jesus being the kind and loving and compassionate God that he is, go ahead. He, he tells them, leave, go. Go to the pigs. Now, I wouldn't want to go live in no pig. I may have had some pigs living in my house, but I didn't want to go with no pigs. And some of y'all say, oh, you had them in your house too. <laughs> Crack me up. You've had kids. You know what it's like raising them. Young man came to our house one time and helped himself some food. I said, whatever you want, you can have no problem with us. Come in there and eating his food and made a mess. I reminded him, we don't have maids in our home. Clean up after yourself. It happened. You can do those things calmly. So the, so the demons were cast out. They go into the swine. They possess the pigs. Three to one. The pigs go crazy. They get violently. They go just running down the hill violently, going in over the cliff into the sea. I thought, this man can handle 6,000 demons and the pigs can't handle three. Violently into the ocean they go and they choke, they drowned. The people who didn't want to make Jesus. This is the important part of this when I read this in verse 17. And they began to pray to him to depart out of their coast. The people who did not want Jesus to make his home with them. It's a strange reaction, but yet not so strange. We introduce Jesus to people all the time, but they don't want anything to do with them. Have you ever had somebody say, oh, I'm okay? I've asked people to, if they wanted Jesus to come into their life, no, no, I'm okay, I'm good. Right now, maybe. Well, when that trumpet blasts, you're not going to be doing so well. You see, the swine meant more to them than sanity. The swine meant more to them than peace. Remember, this guy was out of his mind. Nobody could get near him. He was causing all kind of havoc. They had no peace. You couldn't go bury anybody in the cemetery because this guy was there. And he would interrupt and he would cause havoc. He would cause a scene. But I can't help to think about how these hogs meant more to the people than happiness or heaven. The fact that they would ask Jesus to leave. You know what the bottom line to that is? The money meant more to them than the man. Church, it's like that today. 
There are Christians all over the world today who, I should back up, people who profess to be Christians, born again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are leaning more on their 401ks than trusting in the riches of heaven. Jesus granted their request. He departed. They wanted him to leave, and he left. You see, because think about this. Jesus is not going to stay where he's not wanted. If you don't want Jesus in your life, he's not going to stay there. He'll leave there. As I was saying earlier, light and dark don't mix. You see, the delivered man wanted to stay with Jesus. He was in his right mind. Remember, he was sitting there clothed and in his right mind when the people from the town came out there and they saw this. They saw this supernatural thing that had taken place. He was there. And he followed him to the ship. He prayed that he could go with them. But what did the healer say? Go home to your friends and your family and testify to them of the compassion that I had for you. Church, when we came to Jesus Christ, we have that same command. We should be going to the people that we know and love and let them see Christ living in us. Let them have, see the compassion that Jesus had on you. I can't help but think of the compassion that Jesus had on me. Every time I'm reminded of the burnt hot dogs, I'm reminded that where Jesus has brought me to. You see, the man who went home, went home a different man. He didn't go home the same way. When we come into the house of God and we receive God's message, we should be leaving changed people. We shouldn't be leaving here the way we walked in. We should be more on fire, more bold, more wanting to share the God that we love and serve with the world that we live in. But Jesus sent this man home with a message, tell what has happened to you. The same commission that has happened to us. We should be telling people what has happened to us. Because we know that in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Jesus changes all who receive him by faith. We're not the same. We're not the same. But let me just say this. He will change you if you trust him. Our faith and our trust have to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will change you by the power of his word. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and ye shall be saved. You see, Jesus loves all of us. He died for all of us. That we would become changed people. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord God, this morning, first of all, that you have made us free. Lord, that we can recognize the price of our freedom was Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And Lord, this morning, let us understand 
that you have put us through storms to prepare us for the greater things that are coming in our own lives. Lord, help us to learn from every, every situation that we go through and let us see how, Lord Jesus, you brought us through every situation. And Lord, how you have changed everything about our lives. And Lord, I pray today that commission that you gave that man who was once possessed of demons and the new commission in his life was to go and to tell. Lord, let that same commission be ours today. Let us go and tell the world what you have done for us. Change us by the power of your Holy Spirit. May we never be the same again. In Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen.